0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSradio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Bart Walker.
1: Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Our Rutherford County Mayor, Joe Carr, is with us this morning. Joe, good morning to you.
2: Morning Bart, how are you this morning?
1: Good to have you with us today. Thank you. And uh, (laughs) of course, as always, if you have a question dealing with Rutherford County, and we underline that, give us a shout or text it to us, whichever is best for you. 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. We're going to be looking at several things today. One of those growth, which we do have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, Bart. Just a little. I, what
1: are we the third? I was reading this the other day third fastest growing city in the entire nation. Yeah. Not Tennessee.
2: Mur- that's Murfreesboro and Rutherford County uh, consistently, depending on um, the metrics you use, is the top 10 counties in the nation. Wow
1: uh what is the reasoning what what causes that I know we're a wonderful place that's got to be the so, reason
2: yeah you know i it's interesting you bring that up because i had a meeting with the some of uh with some people uh with the gnrc which is the greater nashville regional council and this was about a month ago and it's funny you asked that question because i specifically asked i said What is it about Rutherford County specifically and Middle Tennessee generally that has seen this kind of growth? Because if you look at Tennessee, Tennessee now is a destination place in the nation for people coming from California, Oregon, Washington, New York, Illinois, uh, the Northeast. And I think there are several answers to that question, Bart. But one of the answers, and I'll try to touch on a couple of them, but one of the answers is, unfortunately, as our nation has become more and more divided, those people who share our values and our principles, who live in those other states um, where they're ostracized or alienated because of those values and principles, they no longer feel welcome in California, Oregon, Washington, Illinois, New York, New Jersey. Massachusetts. They, they don't feel welcome there. New York. And they feel unwelcome in a number of ways. They feel unwelcome because of the way uh, a, a different set of values are being thrown down their throat. Um, high taxes, the high cost of living, uh, difficulty in raising your kids. Um, being able to uh, understand and appreciate and trust the public school systems in those states. There's a lot of reasons. So there's a lot of anxiety uh, on on a large number of people in the country who have values like us but don't live here. And so they're going, you know what? I I hear this every single week, Bart. You know what? I'm fed up with it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go where I can have a well-paying job, I can educate my kids the way I want them to be educated, what I want them to learn in a in a society or in a culture that embraces my values and my principles. And they people do their research and I can again, I can give you example after example where this has occurred and so people do their research and they go they go, "Hey honey, uh, I think it's time for us to move." Yeah, me too. What have you found? I, Tennessee. Oh yeah? What about Tennessee? Well, middle Tennessee what about middle Tennessee, Rutherford County? And and, and they literally do their research and they go, let's go. And so they sell everything. They sell their home. They pack up their family with their three kids and their two dogs. They load them up in a large U-Haul and they U-Haul their family down here.
1: It's the clamp. It's all over again.
2: Yeah. Except in reverse. (laughs) In reverse. It's exactly what it is. You know, loading up the truck, we're moving to Tennessee. And that's exactly right, Bart. And And so with all that, with all that going on, we've got an incredible amount of growth. That's one piece of it. The other piece of it is Middle Tennessee State University is an absolutely phenomenal magnet for young people to come here. I mean, we're looking at 25,000 plus students and so many of those students that are out of state or out of the region come here and they like it here so much they stay. And so MTSU has begun become an incredible magnet that differentiate. That's how Rutherford County differentiates itself from Sumner County or Wilson County or Cheatham or Williamson or any of the Dixon, any of the other counties in Middle Tennessee. MTSU is even a, a is another magnet that draws people here, and then they want to stay. Having said all that, all this growth has created a tremendous burden on the inf- Uh, existing infrastructure of services that local government is required to provide and so uh, having said that i will say this having talked to mayors all across the state in the six months i've been in office i can say that i would much rather have the problems and challenges that we have than some of the problems and challenges that some of our sister counties have we're in a very enviable position um, again, uh, and I shared this recently, our greatest, our greatest challenge is not solving the problems but not squandering our opportunities.
1: And you mentioned that one of the big parts of this is transportation uh, and, and traffic. Uh, transportation, public transportation, hopefully might reduce traffic. Uh, there's been uh, more information in the news about uh, the trains' travel. Uh, Amtrak, things of that sort. We had some conversation last year about a possible Amtrak service between Nashville and Atlanta. They're talking again about Amtrak expanding. What are you hearing on that?
2: Well, the, first of all, what I understand about the, the current CSX line that runs between uh, Nashville and Atlanta is that it is a what's called a freight line. And a freight line, excuse me, a Amtrak line cannot run on a freight line. It's two different types of uh, transportation lines. And so, if Amtrak, my understanding is, if Amtrak wanted to provide service, they would have to upgrade that line, or they would have to lay down an existing line. I'm not. Our problem, quite honestly, is not traffic going from Nashville to Atlanta. That's not our congestion problem. You know, it's, that would be a luxury. Our problem is. I-24 from Murfreesboro to Nashville and Nashville back to Murfreesboro. That's the problem.
1: So what can we do for that?
2: Well, we're kind of hamstrung a little bit. We're at the mercy of TDOT, the Tennessee Department of Transportation, and they're, as opposed to widening lanes, they are undertaking some using technologies to get people to, in a more efficient way, use the lanes we have. Now, I know that Governor Lee has, and I haven't seen the details yet, because they haven't been made available, but I know he's wanting to do build. He's wanting to enter into private-public partnerships to build smart lanes, whereby these public-private partnerships create these additional lanes for service, and it's a it's a fee service. It's not a toll road. A toll road would be the using the existing lanes. The existing lanes would still be used to the for public transportation at no charge. But any additional lanes being built would be through a public-private partnership that then you could pay for access to that might help but even still you have to remember right now from concept to build out it takes 15 years to do something like that on a t-dot on a major t-dot project so that's that's a long time, Bart. That's, a, a, <laughs> that's, a, lot of that's a long time for the kind of congestion that we're having. But traffic congestion is only one symptom of the problem that we've got down here. It's good morning.
1: You're on WGNS with County Mayor. How are you today? Joe Carr is with you this morning.
3: Hey, good morning, Bart. Hey, good, good morning. morning,
2: Joe. Good morning.
3: Uh, hey, Mayor Joe, i got a question for you. Yes, now. sir. Uh, Murfreesboro Rutherford County is uh like you guys said is one of the largest fastest growing uh communities in the nation so what is the plan out there and I feel there has to be a working plan what is the plan out there to prevent burgeoning um uh, vacancy here in in our home I mean you see it growing every day every day and uh Uh, We had a problem there off of uh, Middle Tennessee Boulevard, the old Kroger there. Um, A homeless camp got set up for a while, and they they took care of it. But you see that more and more. What are we going to do to keep our home from turning into San Francisco or Detroit or Memphis or something? And if you don't mind, can I listen? Because my... Access to uh, over-the-air is a little bit uh, sketchy right now.
1: Okay. Well, we will uh, leave you on hold there.
2: Well, let let me just say this. Of all the challenges that Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, and Eagle have, the homeless problem creates, uh, is the biggest challenge, or the most, excuse me, the most complicated challenge. It's not the biggest. It's the most complicated. And it's complicated by this. My wife, and I love the fact that in the prior segment, Bart, you had um, Cliff Sharp Greenhouse Ministries on, and there are so many ministries in our community that perform just an incredible service to the homeless people. And Greenhouse is one of those ministries. My wife, as a matter of fact, works at Greenhouse. We've known the Sharps for 30-plus years. Having said that, talking to my wife, Jenny, she said, You know, Joe, you can't solve the homeless problem, the vagrancy problem in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County until you understand She said that about 80% of the homeless are dealing with either some type of serious addiction issue or some type of mental health issue, chronic systemic mental health issue. So we cannot deal with one without dealing with the other. And the other thing we have to do with regard to how the, the homeless deal and interact downtown is that we've got to find them places to go and to be that are safe yet at the same time we don't find them at the same time defecating on on our public sidewalks on at public public buildings and at businesses and as an example we just recently had that up at the courthouse we've got we've got some homeless people who are who are mentally ill who you know who are on medication and for whatever reason they don't take their medication you can tell and so what happens is is they hang around the courthouse and they relieve themselves on the courthouse steps and we just recently had that occur so this is a very serious but complicated issue and I know Mayor McFarland and I have talked about it. I know the city manager uh, Craig Tindall from Murfreesboro and I have talked about it. And we're looking toward finding real solutions that not only help them but relieve the pressure on the downtown area and the, the downtown area with regard to the businesses and with regard to our public buildings to make sure everybody's safe.
1: There had been conversation earlier about a campus. Uh, where all of the people who are homeless and need services could live. The services would be right there in the campus area. Has there been any other looking
2: into that? Well, and yes, as a matter of fact, we have talked about that. The challenge with a campus where all the homeless are congregated together is, who is then going to police that campus and who is going to provide managerial oversight of that campus? Who is going to pay for that campus? Uh, Because the challenge with dealing with a homeless population that is, whether it's 60% or 70% or 80% dealing with some type of drug addiction or mental illness, is that unfortunately a significant portion of the homeless population uh, leads somewhat paranoid lives and they they they're they're alone and they're constantly being victimized by other homeless people so you have to be careful that the solution that you provide and potentially a campus where you put all of them together doesn't create a larger problem than the one that you already have i'm not convinced that a campus is the solution it may be but i would want i have some more questions about that as a solution before we would move forward
1: our phone number is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. Here's a listener who's asking about the Middle Point Landfill. They say it still smells
2: bad Yeah, and the road is still a mess. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be that way until Republic Services packs up and leaves. And it's our, uh, again, on the re- landfill, I know there's a lot of frustration. I get it. I'm with you. You know, Mayor McFarland, the uh, members city mayor, and I are working diligently on solving that. We believe the landfill is going to reach its capacity in about two, two and a half years, at which point um, they will, Rutherford County will not authorize or give them an expansion or sell them the land that they need for expansion between our old landfill and their current landfill. And so Rutherford County is, with all due haste, moving towards um uh, designing and engineering a transfer station so that we can move our waste out murfreesboro is moving in that same direction with a transfer station and a waste-to-waste solution so rutherford county and murfreesboro are moving forward without there being uh, a republic services landfill in walter hill as a solution to any other county potentially other than rutherford so we uh uh, that's what we're doing Uh, but in the meantime we're just going to have to we're going to have to just deal with the chronic smell and filth that's out there. And, and we just the host host benefit agreement doesn't give us any latitude beyond what we're currently doing unfortunately. It's just a horrible agreement that was signed 30 years ago.
1: Now, at the beginning of the program you said you wanted to focus on growth today. Obviously, the landfill is an issue of growth. And all of these things added together cost money. Yes. And that is budget.
2: Yes. Uh, and, and, and we're
1: at that time almost.
2: Yeah, we are. that. We're, well, I'm starting to meet with directors now and the listeners uh, and the community need to know that unfortunately, Rutherford County started this budget year with a $64 million deficit, uh, $64 million deficit. And um, so we've got to balance our budget and we've got to do that with, with the knowledge and understanding that in addition to the raises that we gave, which were certainly deserved and past, past due, we also hired 130 new employees in this budget. So we have some significant financial obstacles that we have to overcome um, with regard to paying for the services that we're required to provide. Moreover, and this is the challenge part, Moreover, Rutherford County is extremely limited in the financial tools that his has available to it in statute to pay for the expansion of serv- new services to those areas that currently didn't have services, but require services as a result of growth. In other words, the new growth in this county, especially in the western part of the county, is not paying for itself. It's being prim- primarily born on the backs of the current property tax base and so i have in cooperation with members of the tennessee general assembly in nashville and and a few and a few groups like the county mayors association farm bureau the tennessee municipal league and others i have written a bill that levels the playing field on how the counties can pay for new growth so we don't bury that new growth or the cost of that growth on the on the backs of the existing property tax base and so this bill is titled the property taxpayers protection act because it protects property taxpayers from unreasonable property tax heights as a result of growth that they receive no benefit for
1: we're talking about growth in this community our county mayor is with us this morning joe carr we're going to pause for just a moment we'll check on the traffic and weather and we'll be back and take some more of your calls or text questions All of that through 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. We'll be right back.
0: We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
3: This is Danielle Rutherford with Seniors Helping Seniors. Seniors Helping Seniors has helped me with a variety of tasks I previously found impossible to do on my own. We keep you living safely and independently. Learn more at SHSMiddleTN.com.
0: This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant, with cold and flu season
2: here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas' Baked Chicken and Rice Soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by
0: the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. If I could talk to the animals.
3: Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. Animal City offers gift cards in any denomination. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. This is Amanda, inviting your family to come in and do business with my family. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
0: Good morning. Still pretty heavy out here. The normal spots for this time of the morning like I-24 westbound. Leaving Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area all the way up uh, to Harding Place. It's still a little bit busy from people staring at an earlier wreck on, Bill, actually on Vietnam Vets westbound at Conference Drive. Still looks pretty good right now. I-40 through Kingston Springs coming in from Dixon County. That's still in pretty good shape going eastbound I-40. Hey, Snapdragon Hemp. Serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee, the entire nation. Edible flowers concentrates you can order online right now at snapdragon420.com I'm commander Chuck with your on-time traffic
3: a wind advisory is in effect for the forecast area mostly cloudy skies this afternoon high in the upper 70s windy with southwest winds gusting as high as 45 miles per hour I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wecheetski on news radio WGNS currently it's 67. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local Rough Country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us.
0: We're loud. We're proud. We're blue. WGNS AM and FM. Your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders.
1: county mayor joe carr is with us your chance to talk with our county mayor 615-893-1450 here's a question from a listener have you been talking any more to the state about the traffic light at roanoke drive and jefferson Pike? please keep them under your thumb don't let them get away the
2: answer is yes yes and yes and you know uh sometimes the state in particular tdot moves at a snail's pace so i wish i had something else to add but they do not move in 30 days time when the last time the caller called in and, and pleaded for help so we're doing all we can but the state is uh, it's it's a it, it, the, the, your county mayor is a irresistible force moving against an immovable object so we've got a little bit of that going on.
1: Now, you mentioned just a moment ago before the break about this new law that you're trying to get passed. Tell us a little more about that and explain to it uh, a little more about how this will help individuals.
2: So currently under statute, and I'm going to get it in the weeds a little bit, but Tennessee code annotated 67-4-2901. Oh, that one. 2913. I know you, I'm sure you're quite familiar with it. Uh, I'm a bit of a wonk, Bart. You, and to the listeners, you should have heard uh, Bart and I off the air just a couple of minutes ago. It was, it was really kind of lively. <laughs> but in any event, um, that that particular part of the statute or the code is referred to as the County Powers Relief Act. The irony is, is it goes back to 2006. It was a deal cut in the speaker's conference room with some special interest groups. Prior to 2006, The cities and the counties essentially had the same set of financial tools to deal with the expansion of services as a result of growth in their communities. Uh, They could raise property taxes. They could, uh, or and or they could assess impact fees. And so the General Assembly decided, and I won't get off into the weeds why, but the General Assembly decided that the counties in the County Powers Relief Act would no longer have the authority to assess impact fees. However they could assess a facilities tax. And a facilities tax essentially said you can charge, if you meet the criteria determined by your census of growth as a county, which really only, it confined to about 30 counties, which said that you could only uh, assess a $1 per square foot uh, facilities tax, and you could only raise that 10% every four years. Well, that w- and that all that money was designated for schools. But the problem is, is that there was no way to pay for the growth and the expansion of services of that growth related to law enforcement, fire, EMS, roads, or even solid waste pickup, or any of the other services that a county is required to provide in statute. And so, effectively, in using Rutherford County as an example, what we've had since 2006 is a formula that it's been, it's had to adhere to. Where the same formula wasn't applied to the counties, excuse me, the cities. The cities are able to assess impact fees to pay for the expansion of service as a result of growth. The counties are not. The only way the counties can pay for the expansion of service as a result of growth is to raise property taxes countywide, and that's the problem. That's patently unfair. Let me give you an example. We have some areas of the county, Bart, like Kittrell and Milton and uh, the southeast corner of Rutherford County down toward Beech Grove, Bell Buckle, that just don't see the same kind of growth that we do in uh, Blackmon or uh, Smyrna or Laverne. And so all the development in Rutherford County has essentially been on the west side of the county where the east side of the county hadn't grown nearly as much. And so we have to, by law, we have to, we have to cover those areas with the services that I mentioned previously, fire, EMS, law enforcement, roads, schools, et cetera. And so the only way we have to do that effectively is to raise property taxes, but we have to raise property taxes on everybody. So the elderly couple in Kittrell is having their property taxes raised to pay for the expanded services in Blackman for a 400 new lot development for which the elderly couple in Kittrell will receive absolutely no benefit, none. Yet they're paying for it. And what I'm telling you, as Rutherford County mayor, that is patently unfair. I'm all for growth. I want growth. We need growth, but we need growth that pays for itself, not doesn't get paid for by somebody else who doesn't receive any benefit for that growth. And so what I'm doing is I'm working with members of the Tennessee General Assembly. I'm working with Farm Bureau. I'm working with the Tennessee Municipal League. I'm working with the Tennessee County Mayor's Association. I'm working with the Tennessee County Commissioner's Association. We're working with a bunch of groups, and we're saying whatever financial tools the cities in Tennessee have to pay for growth and the expansion of services as a result of that growth, the counties should have the same opportunity and the same set of tools. Because currently under law, cities can issue impact fees. Smyrna has three impact fees. Rutherford County can't issue impact fees. Why? Why can't? Because the law said we couldn't. Okay. okay. Arbitrarily, they said cities, you guys can continue to assess impact fees to pay for growth, fire, EMS, schools, roads. You can continue to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, Murfreesboro just recently announced that they're going to assess an impact fee for schools and parks in Murfreesboro. That's great. If they, if they, if the city council and the mayor deem that an appropriate way to expand services as a result of growth, they should have locally the ability to do or not do that all we're saying is that the county does not have that same authority and the county should have that same authority to pay for the same growth in the same community
1: here's a listener who is asking they said we've talked about a metro form of government in the past uh, maybe it's getting closer uh, would that eliminate the need for uh, this approach
2: i think the uh, it would not el- no, it would not eliminate the need because metropolitan governments in this statute, uh, uh, TCA 67-4-2908, in the definitions spe- specifically list metropolitan governments, Davidson, Trousdale, and uh, Moore County, as being county governments. So they don't have the authority to... So they're
1: considered county.
2: That's correct. In this, in this part of the statute, that's exactly right. So that being a metro government does not change or alter the fact that we need to reform the law that allows counties the same latitude and same tools for funding growth as the cities have.
1: Here's a person who has two separate questions. The first one, are you recommending a property tax increase?
2: No, I am not recommending a property tax increase, but based on the $64 million budget deficit that this administration was handed, it's going to be extremely difficult for us not to have one, I'm not saying it's too early to say yet, but we are working diligently to ensure that we don't have to raise property taxes, but it's going to be a challenge.
1: The second question from that same person, with increasing inflation, are you going to address this by lowering benefit cost to employees or give them a 5% raise, which would keep their take-home pay the same as last year?
2: i'm that's way too detailed of a solution for me to commit yet we haven't even got our numbers from finance yet as to how this is going to transactionally look i can say rutherford county mayor's office will not be reducing the benefits of its employees rutherford county has some phenomenal employees uh and they all of which deserve every penny that they get in the form of wages and benefits. And in some respects, we're still just at the median or the 50th percentile. And Rutherford County consistently and services ranks higher than that. So it's not, I'll just make the commitment, we will not be cutting benefits at all or salaries. We've got to figure out how to pay for what we've got um, and keep what we've got. We're very fortunate to have the people we have working in Rutherford County
1: with the whole area about to see an even larger increase in population. Obviously the county is going to get the bulk of it because it has the most unused land what are you going to do to control that growth?
2: That is that's a great question, and I'm really glad you brought it up, and I wish I had told you to ask it, because it's that good of a question, <laughs> Bart. What a lot of people don't realize is that recently, in, in the since the April 2022 census, Rutherford County has 362,000 people. By this time next year, or, or before this time next year, we will be larger than Hamilton County or Chattanooga. We'll be the fourth largest county in the state. Our our population growth is about 3% year over year. Uh, put that in context, Hamilton Counties is less than 1%. Uh, we're consistently at the top of the heap in growth. And so that growth has to pay for itself. In order for that to work, we've got to change the formulas that, um, that pay for that growth.
1: So there's going to be some
2: changes. There's, there's gotta be some changes. There has to be some changes, absolutely.
1: What do you see, just as sort of a surface? What What do you see as some needed changes?
2: Again, I go back to the funding formula. We we just need to make it fair, and and equitable. We need to meet. We need to have parity with the cities on how we fund for growth, and we need to make it fair to the property tax base that they don't pay for the expansion of service for growth that they didn't ask for. Let me back up and 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 uh, this would. A lot of people don't understand why we have property taxes. And that's where you kind of have to start. The reason we have property taxes is to pay for the services that our constituents demand that we provide in the form of government services, right? So that is fire, EMS, school, roads. We pay for those services with our property taxes, okay? So you and I pay Rutherford County property taxes, and we receive those services. The property taxes literally are for the maintenance of those services to us and the and the upgrade of those services periodically they, those services have to be upgraded because they deteriorate and right okay so they deteriorate like schools you gotta we gotta renovate a school or you've got to repave a road or you've got to lay a new sewer line or you got to run an electric line. so it's either the maintenance or the upgrade of the existing service that's what property taxes pay for the property taxes were never intended or designed to pay for the expansion of those services. The expansion of the services should be paid for those who are requiring the expansion of the service. Then, once they pay for the expansion of that service, then their property pay property taxes pay for the expansion and upgrade, uh, or the expansion of, or the maintenance of the expanded service. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. you know, if this is our area of a service, we pay for that area of service. Once that service grows, those who are requiring the growth of that service should pay for it.
1: Now, here's an interesting question. This listener says, "What about a reverse?" Impact fee. Reverse impact fee. Nobody's talked about that. They say, we live in Walter Hill. We've got all this garbage. We have the dirty roads. We have the traffic of these big trucks on a narrow two-lane road. Shouldn't we be getting compensation for what we have to put up with to give good to the rest of the community?
2: I have always said that Rutherford County in Middle Tennessee owe Walter Hill and the last Kansas and the Leanna communities, a huge debt of gratitude, and not not just and not just a pat on the back and a thank you, but a debt of gratitude because what Republic has done, you know, and, and they've not done anything illegal, they've violated some rules and some regulations, you know, they've had a fire up there, they they've trashed the roads, and of course they have not they haven't done a particularly good job on remediating the smell, but we do owe. The Walter Hill community, something. She's right. He, they're right. They're what, right. What can you do about it? I don't know, and I'm not going to go out on. I'm not going to. I'm not going to speculate at this time. But let me just say the caller is correct, and I have thought about that for over a year. What is that we can do tangibly for the, that community that compensates them for the burden of carrying the load for all of Middle Tennessee for the largest category one landfill in the state that deposits 4,500 to 5,000 tons of trash a day, 70% of which don't even, that come from outside this county. I mean, it's, they didn't ask for that. That that landfill is nothing like what it was originally envisioned 30 years ago.
1: Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause, take our final break. When we come back, it'll be the last segment of the show. So if you have a question that's been burning and you want to get it out, don't wait. You're going to slip up and it won't be here. Our guest this morning, Rutherford County Mayor Joe Carr.
0: Money issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with Certified Financial Planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS.
3: I am very pleased. We're with talking Adams with Place. Gunston. All the people are very kind. I've got everything I need. And the caregivers come in and say, What can I do for you? Or do you need anything?
1: We're talking with Betty Atterbury.
3: Adams Place one of the best places in
2: Rutherford
3: County. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart.
2: Broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE Sharing Change has now donated more than $11 million to local nonprofits assisting worthy causes in our community. MTE, serving to make life better since 1936.
3: A wind advisory is in effect for the forecast area. Mostly cloudy skies this afternoon. A high in the upper 70s. Windy with southwest winds gusting as high as 45 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuchitsky on News Radio WGNs. Currently, it's 67.
0: WGNs talks about all things local. It's Rutherford issues with Brian Barrett weekday mornings at 10 on WGNs AM, FM, and online.
1: back again and to borrow a line from Ray Duffy who used to do sports here many years ago. Hold on to the bedsheets granny. (laughs) It's getting wild around here. Our guest this morning is our County Mayor Joe Carr and we have about 10 minutes left in the program so if you have a question please don't wait. Don't wait on this one. Uh, Give us an update. They're asking uh, the County Mayor please give us an update on the juvenile detention situation.
2: So great, uh, I'm glad they're asked because um, no news is good news in that regard. Um, The board has been seated since uh, we met. Our first board meeting was I believe in October and we've been meeting every month since. Uh, The board um, is doing an excellent job um, of going over the SOP manual, which is Standard Operating Procedures Manual. We've just completed that. And um, I'm glad to say that uh, Director Lynn Duke and her staff are doing an incredible job out there. Um, to illustrate the how well they're doing, um, n- a number of counties across uh, Middle Tennessee contract with Ms. Duke and her staff and the Juvenile Retention Center to bring... Their troubled youths who run foul of the law to Rutherford County—that's how much they think of it. And so, um, I'm very pleased, and I don't have any reservations in saying we've not only turned the corner, we've moved beyond turning the corner, and we just need to let that thing settle in a little bit and let them do their job. The board's going to provide the necessary oversight, um, but I'm very satisfied with uh, with the efforts that we've made in the direction we're taking.
1: Here's a really different question here from a listener, and they're saying that there are two bedroom communities of Rutherford County who are growing and who are adding to some of our issues. What can we do to help them pay for it? And they're talking about Bedford County and Cannon County.
2: So Cannon County has not, as a bedroom community, they a lot of people work in Rutherford County but live in Cannon County. That, that, that happens a lot um that is not creating any issues for rutherford county currently that i'm i'm aware of quite honestly we do have a growing situation in bedford county um out of down in the south which is shellyville and so i've been in contact with quite honestly both the cannon county mayor and the bedford county mayor about their support and the support of their state delegation and their county commission with regard to amending the county powers relief act which is what we talked about a few minutes ago about how we pay for growth I've talked to, personally, I've visited with over 20 different county mayors across the state. I've been, talked to the Knox County mayor, Glenn Jacobs. I've talked to the Blount County mayor, Ed Mitchell, Chad Graham in Bedford County. Uh, of course, John Isbell in Sumner County, Rogers, Anderson, Williamson County. I can go on and on. And Haywood County mayor, David Livingston, way out there in West Tennessee, that where the Blue Oval is going to be with the Ford site. Uh, all the mayors that I have talked to across the state of Tennessee, without exception, are enthusiastically in support of leveling the playing field so we have the same tools as the city to pay for this growth. Everybody wants those tools.
1: When do you think this will be passed? I mean, it sounds like you've got great backing.
2: We got phenomenal backing, but you know the General Assembly, Bart. They're can be unpredictable at times and you know i would love for your listeners to if they agree with what what we're trying to do as a county and making those who want the growth pay for the growth as opposed to those who don't get any benefit paying for the growth through their property taxes i hope the listeners call your state representative and your state senator and said hey i I listened to mayor Carr on wgns with bart walker Um, I, i would like for you to support his efforts to amend the county powers relief act To provide protection to property taxpayers, so they don't have to pay for that growth. Let those who need those services pay for those services.
1: Now, you were on that group at one time.
2: I was on that group, Bart. I was that group. Uh, That group being called a Tennessee legislator. (laughs) Uh, Did phone calls make a difference to you? Absolutely, especially, especially phone calls from those in my district and those in my county. Especially phone calls, letters, and and let me see. Always be respectful. Always be courteous. Always be tactful. Uh, understand that not every legislator is going to agree with your position, and and that's okay. Uh, take the opportunity to make your case and be passionate. Be always be respectful.
1: Very good. So and and do it often, or did well, you get same calls from same people over and over
2: again? I'm sure I did. I just. I, honestly, I, I'm am sure, sure, there are there are there's a small minority out there that's vocal, uh, who who stays dialed in to issues, and I always, I, I took everybody's call, and and I'm sure that this delegation of seven is going to take everybody's call, but I'm telling you that calls and emails make a huge difference from constituents.
1: Oh, by the way, that group. State representatives and state senators from Rutherford County will be on WGNS this Friday.
2: Great. An excellent opportunity uh, for them to share their point of view about, you know, do they are they for the Property Taxpayer Protection Act?
1: Okay, so if, if they say that, the Property Taxpayer, Taxpayer
2: Protection, Protection
1: Act. Okay, they'll know what they're talking
2: about. I, d- I can't speak for them, Bart. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I just can't. I mean, we, I've talked to all of them about it, and but you know, they've got a lot on their plate, and I've been up there, and I know this is a very hectic time. I'm going to give them an incredible amount of grace here because I've been there. I know that it's cra- it, unless you've lived it, it's crazy up there, and you have so much coming at you. And I have a lot of respect and admiration for all seven of them. And uh, but so, no, I don't say that in, in a demeaning way at all. I, I'm sure they all are aware of it at some level, but I'm not interested in putting plain gotcha or putting anybody on the hot seat. I'm interested in passing a bill that levels the playing field between counties and cities and treats property taxpayer more fairly so they don't pay for something they get no benefit of.
1: Now Here's a question from a listener that uh, is in an area that we had touched on earlier, and it's the homeless issue. This person says, I'm tired of of seeing the the citizens who pay for the community's expenses being the ones who are hurt. They're talking about closing library branches at certain times of the day, moving the libraries, closing parking lots, moving this, moving that. It's the regular public who gets hurt, not the homeless. What can be done for that?
2: Well, I would like to know more specifics about what they're talking about. I know there's some discussion about moving Lineball Library out of downtown and breaking it up into branches so that it serves a greater portion of the population. Uh, I know that the, the lineball library we've got significant parking issues around the square and I know the uh, city manager and Mayor McFarland and I, Craig Tindall and Mayor McFarland and I have talked about that and so we believe uh, together that lineball library it should be and will be supported by the city and the county but it needs to be supported so that it, it benefits the greatest number of people if we need to split Bar up into two or three different locations within Murfreesboro, then that's something I think we should take a serious look at. Look at, And quite honestly, I'm for that.
1: Okay. Uh, and we have about four minutes left in the program. So with that time, let's sort of review some of the things that are on your plate that you want to underscore and make sure that everybody goes home with this knowledge so that they can be a part of it.
2: Yeah. So the emphasis is how do we pay for the growth that we're so blessed to have? Our current funding model is not working. It can't work uh, going forward. We've got a 64 million dollar deficit. Our fund balance, which is akin to our rainy day fund, as a percentage of our expenses, is shrinking year over year. We've got to break that trend. Um, and the last thing I want to do is make sure. I, last thing I want to do is raise property taxes to pay for growth that's not paying for itself so if your listeners want to help this county pay for the growth that it necessarily needs but at the same time doesn't get benefit for to the existing taxpayer i'm just pleading for their help and calling their state representative their state senator and say please support mayor carr's effort to amend the county powers relief act and offer the property taxpayer protection act of 2023.
1: We have a final question, probably the final question that we'll have time for this morning. This person says, I love history. I love local history. I love the museum in the courthouse. You had mentioned last month that you're going to be making some uh, improvements, even making it larger. Yes. But you left us hanging. What are you going to do?
2: Well, I'm still going to leave you hanging. That is a (laughs) project that I'm working on with a handful of uh, local historians. We have an idea, not just an idea. Uh, but a solution to how we have find, have a single place where we can have all the artifacts of Rutherford County, Morfreesboro, Smyrna, and Laverne in one, pl- one repository that can be of great educational and informational value. And we're working on that solution uh, diligently. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I don't want to get out over my skis uh, just yet because once we make an announcement, it's going to be exciting. But we are working diligently on that.
1: This person has followed up with another question. Uh, could it also include a place to have
2: the arts? I don't know. Uh, it, certainly, some arts, but we this facility will have an emphasis on the history of Rutherford County and its outlining all those communities in Rutherford County. To the extent that we can incorporate some of those arts, the answer would be yes. But it's going to be that's going to be determined on the uh, the size of the facility that we're talking about.
1: All right. And on that note, we say thank you, Rutherford County Mayor Joe Carr, for joining us today. Joe, have a great day.
2: Thank you very much.